expert. So our theme is called um, Knit Together Today. And um, so if you want to start this, and then anybody want to take some advice? Because I know I listen a lot better when I try to do my hands. So Brenda tried to, to train me up on that, but I failed miserably. So, hold on a second. So, Sue? Yeah. Anything you want, like cast on for whatever creativity, and we can cast on to the next person. Anybody else who's feeling it? Okay. Vibes? All right. Just sort of like a visual of we're getting it together. One little, anything you want. Anything you want. Okay. How did it all come together? You guys are so funny that you always have to be in, the, in, in the, a row behind. Okay, so, hey everybody. Hi. We're going to pretend we're at a conference with thousands of women because that's what? what's so beautiful about our situation. Look at this. We have the coolest conference room right here. Looking at Lake Champlain. Not women. Hi, Devin. Not women. <laughs> not women. I am not joining you. And uh, and just that honor that when two or more are gathered, something magical happens. And I just think that it's just so fantastic to be able to have time to be able to just connect with just the sisters. And thank you so much for enjoying uh, or diving into our community today, Carolyn. That was just fantastic. And I love just hearing about our struggles. I think we talked about last week how, you know, strength is in the struggle so often. It is making those choices to hold on to the rope of hope, to hold on to Jesus. And, and again, fixing our eyes back on him is constantly our, our, our uh, compass back. You know, they say when a plane takes off, it's constantly trying to go from a place to get back to its course. It goes off, back, off, back. And it seems like we're so much like that where our plane starts to go off course, the part of getting back to where we're supposed to going is staying on course. So are we, are we live, awake, ready to go today? Oh, yeah. You guys psyched? You guys, you guys fired up? Because we only have a short little bit of a time together. But, so I do want to talk about this topic, Knit Together. And, um, and we're going to talk a little bit about it from a place of either Knit Together, but, but I kind of all... I have a subtitle for each one of my points. It's not just knit together, it's also true sisterhood. And I want to talk a little bit about that with us. Alright, so some of my favorite quotes. Sisterhood knows no boundaries, no race, no class, or no geography. That true sisterhood doesn't have those kinds of boundaries. Sisterhood is us and him, not me compared to her, or us and them. Sisterhood is the ultimate sorority because we hang with the Alpha and Omega as the president. And it's not trite, but it's tribal. Kind of that experience that we have with women. You know, sisters make us shine. Your vibe attracts your tribe. So often it's kind of that what we put out and really being willing to receive back. Um, Sisterhood helps us find important things we've lost like our smile, like our hope, like our courage. Um, that that's so much of what God kind of created us to be in this sisterhood for, to be knit together. And I want to talk about that in three different ways. One is knit together by God. The second is knit together because of Jesus. And the third thing is being knit together 
to shine for him. And so I want to look at Psalm 139, and, and, I, and I, I hope that when we look at passages like Philippians 4, like we did last week, that it doesn't just become poster to us, because they're ones that we hear a lot, but it really becomes sort of like ones that, as Pat said earlier, that we embrace. That we're like, okay, I'm going to see Philippians 4 from a different perspective today. Or I'm going to see Psalm 139, not from like, oh yeah, that worked when I was 20, it doesn't work the same anymore. You know, like be able to be in that space that there's always something new God wants to connect our heart to. So we're going to read the whole psalm in Psalm 139, and then um, we're just going to talk a little bit about it. Um, my translation, I think it's, it's a Jesus-centered Bible, so it might be a little bit different than yours. It says, O oh Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I am going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride on the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me, and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. I like that translation. (laughs) Um, Sometimes we think we're a little bit too complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, and I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day was passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God, that cannot be numbered. I can't even count the out, they outnumber the, the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Oh God, if only you would destroy the wicked and get out of my life, you murderers. They blaspheme you. You enemies misuse your name. Oh Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them for total hatred for your enemies are my enemies. Search me, oh God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out in me anything that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. So much in here. When you hear David's heart, what sticks out to you as you're hearing this song, as he's pouring his heart out to God? What sticks out to you? Anything just kind of jump off the pages for you? Anything kind of stand out? That he's just really known. He feels known. He recognizes that God knows every nuance and shadow, like everything. Yeah. You already know. Anything else to go to you? He's asking for God's guidance and, you know, show him the way, you know. Let him know what's right. Let him know what he should do next. Yeah, it's interesting, too, that, you know, um, he kind of, we have this thing coaching. When I coach 
when I coached in Massachusetts, this for swimming, we always asked the swimmers after a particular event, okay, so what's your sandwich? And they had to say something that they did well, something they need to work on, and something else that they did well. Mm-hmm. And I love how Jamie kind of sandwiches the same things, like both here. He's like, okay, first, I just want to say, oh, Lord, you examine my heart and know everything. Search me. And then he sandwiches it again by expressing the same thing, like search me. And sometimes that's scary, right? Search me, like like open heart surgery, search me. But I love, there's so many other parts of that that God wants to work on with us. He wants to, we want him to know our heart. And, you know, I love the part that says, know my anxious thoughts, because he want, He knows them, but we want to be able to overcome our anxious thoughts. But then the part before that, like, test me, I'm like, oh, kind of like Pat said, oh, I said that, test me. Mm-hmm. But knowing that the test, like, teachers don't give you, um, teachers give you problems so you can pass the test, right? You have to be given problems to pass your test. And so often the tests are to be able to help us oh, to grow, help us to see God more, help us to rely on him more. But, you know, I, if I, so I have this, the first part of this is called Knit Together by God, or true sisterhood starts with knowing you are deeply loved by your Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. And to me, Psalm 139 shares so much of that none of us was a mistake, no matter who our mother was, no matter whether we know our mother, that God had a plan for our uniqueness to be created. I was looking up, and maybe nurses know this more, but I don't know, isn't it like, Kenzie has a sperm tattoo on her foot, my daughter, and people, people think that's like, like, you are really kind of a weird, strange person, but McKenzie's like, but it's, it's like, think about it, I only exist, because this sperm had to work so hard out of millions to get there for me to be created, and she's a nurse, and like, she, she can see that, but like, she's like, on her 25th birthday, she's like, hey, yeah, see the sperm on my, her tattoo, but hey, for her, she thinks it's the most amazing thing, like this one shot in a million, millions, that she could exist. Oh, you know, and isn't that so true when you look at Psalm 139, like so marvelously made, knit together, <laughs> that none of us are the same. That we all have this incredible uniqueness to us. And, you know, I feel, of course, being a new grandmom, I just got a picture like, Mari's going to church for the first time. So that's really exciting. She's got a new little blue dress on. But um, it, it is special for us to go, we've got to be in that place as a sisterhood that we really feel like, no, we all have the same dad. Like all of us, that unites us in such a powerful way to be able to have that. And you know, Psalm 139 to me shows us that our value is based not on what we do, but on who made us. And I think we've got to always stick with that. That our value isn't about all this performance or all this other stuff. It's we're valued because stamped on us is God. He made us. You know. And I think about that having this little granddaughter, like. She's like the most perfect thing. She's so valued because she was made by Nick and Bree. You know, like, you're perfect. And yet God sees us that same way, that we are so valued, not by what we do, but who we are. Imperfectly, imperfect people perfectly loved. Look over in First John chapter 4. But knit together by God and our true sisterhood, starting with knowing your deep love. I love this in First John as well. You guys are still with me, right? You're still hanging? I just got here late because I was trying to carry things in, so I'm not used to coming in by myself. I'm like, okay. And then I forgot my license, and I forgot so I had to go back. Now that is. All right. First John chapter 4. Verse 7 and 8. 
Then, dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. We're just gonna sit, we're gonna sit in First John a few different times today. But like, it is amazing that we can't get our value from anyone else or feel loved because the love connection comes from connecting to Him, to look up, to love up, and see how loved we are. You know, our sisterhood is really helping each other when we're not feeling deeply loved by God. To help each other, like, wait, that's not my dad. So that's not your dad. And be able to be in that together to help each other with, like, that's not, that's not how your father feels about you. Isn't it so much easier to be able to cheer on somebody else? And then you're like, but then you don't feel that way by yourself. And it's so easy to love a neighbor more than we can be our best, a good neighbor to ourselves. And I think often knit together by God is remembering we have that common bond and to constantly be pointing people to see things from heaven's eyes. And so one of the things that I um, did a little while ago is I, I tried to do this thing on looking yourself from heaven's eyes, okay? So all of you, I want you to write down that, like, look at yourself through heaven's eyes. Who are you? And, and I want you to think about, like, coming up with your own how I see myself, not from my lens, but from God's lens. And so I just wrote this, and I'm just sort of like kind of a rapper my old days, but this is what I wrote about myself. And I said, all right, so Sue, who are you? I'm a treasure hunter. Every day I go to hunt for all kinds of treasure. I'm a coach in the pool, on deck, and in life. I'm light and salt and trying to coach and support others to be the best version of themselves for the glory of God. I'm a storyteller. I'm a researcher. I'm a broadcaster of good news. I'm a friend. I'm a sister. I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I'm a daughter. I didn't say grandma. I'm a grandma. I'm a spiritual pop talker. I'm a den mother. I'm a dreamer. I'm a promoter. I'm a marketer. Hopefully, I'm a good Samaritan. I'm a disciple of Jesus on a. I'm a disciple of Jesus on a journey to bring my whole self into this world. I'm all in. I'm living love, so I'm gonna love living. I'm a jam quest junkie. If you guys don't know that, that's something that my son. It's a, my nonprofit of my son's. I'm a jam class. Jam Quest Junkie, a CEO, Chief Encouragement Officer, that is. I'm building something great. I'm a missionary. I'm an eternal optimist who wants to change the world for good, for God, forever, because I'm the king's daughter, and I have nothing to fear. Time to cheer. You know, sometimes I just need to give myself my own pep talks of like, wait, no, this is who I am. In my heaven's eyes, like, and I can easily, all these things where I look through my own eyes, I can be like, uh, you don't have that much to share about. Oh, you're not all that awesome. Oh, you know, you got so many changes to make. And I think it's so important that we take time to constantly be in that space where we're, we're constantly trying to look through the lens of God. No, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. That's what he told me. Marvelously made, he told me. When we look at Psalm 139. And taking that time to be able to really, truly look through heaven's eyes. Because it is so challenging, and that helps us a lot when we take the time to look towards God and things like Psalm 139, where our value is. Okay, so I have this here because because it's always tiara time, right? And our goal as a sisterhood is fixing each other's crown. Let me straighten that out for you a little bit. And having that kind of spirit towards each other. When we're going through things, and all of a sudden the world beats us up, our our, our, our thinking beats us up, up, 
that we got to keep going. Well, let me just straighten that crown out a little bit for you. And your heaven's eyes version of you is so different because there's one you. There only need to be one. There's, there's never going to be another you that exists on this planet. <laughs> You're it. A one DNA of greatness is you individually. Your weaknesses, your strengths are all for the glory of God. Because then God's going to show his power in all those. Yep. God wants you to become more and more who he created you to be, not a copy of somebody else. Mm-hmm. Your unique flawsomeness, as we've said before, your awesomeness. And I hope we can think that way, that we think about ourselves with that crown on, because we are the king's daughters. We are in this position of royalty, and we can get beaten down and go, whoa, whoa, whoa that's not my dad. And let's keep helping each other as we are all knit together by God, our Heavenly Father, and be able to straighten each other's crowns. Oh, that's not, that's not our Father. No, He's a good God. Taste and see, our God is good. And we're tempted to go, God's not good. And helping each other with that and helping ourselves with that. Knit together by God. Number two, knit together because of Jesus. Again, my translation um, might be a little bit different, but in Colossians chapter 2, we're going to pop over there. And um, I love this passage. Of course, I, I love all these passages. I think Colossians uses, talks about Jesus like 50 times. It uses his name in these, this very short letter of four chapters. He, it just marinates. It's just filled with just conversations about the supremacy of how awesome Jesus is. And in Colossians chapter 2, Paul fought for this with the churches to get them in this place. And in Colossians chapter 2, in verse 2, it says, I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. In him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Well, that's our big brother. In him are, are all the treasures of wisdom. Anybody want a little bit more wisdom? Or knowledge? To know what's right? Take that right path? Um, what a powerful passage. But again, Paul's heart was, I want them to be encouraged and knit together. As we're, as we're admitting this whole little thing, the fabric of all our lives coming together. Because, and I believe... If you could translate this a little bit different, as my other stuff say, though, knit, knit together because of Jesus or true sisterhood is strengthened by trusting our big brother together. You know, um, growing up, I didn't like girls very much. Um, I was very competitive towards girls. My best friends were mostly guys. Except a couple, I coached. Uh, the, my coaches usually were guys that um, that I worked harder for. I didn't. I had two older brothers, and I kind of idolized my brothers. And so when I started studying the Bible, I'm like, I studied Bible with a guy, too, when I was learning about Jesus. And then I was like, oh, I, I, I don't have sisters. I'm kind of glad because, you know, I, I kind of, you know, I don't really trust the pettiness of girls. And, and you know, I, but it was so special when I finally started to connect with spiritual women that were there to lift me up. And, um, and honor me and care for me and take a genuine interest and because um, I was such a tomboy. Um, but it really helped me to be able to realize, wow, what extraordinary women from all ages I've had the honor to get to learn from in these last 57 years of life. And, uh, and I was reminded again, just, just the privilege to idolize a big brother. 
that in that process, we as a sisterhood, we all get to idolize a big brother. Jesus, not only is God our Heavenly Father, but Jesus is all of our big brothers. And I think it's so important that we spend so much time being knit together because of Jesus that we just talk about our brother and idolize our brother all the time. So tell me, what, what do you love about your brother? Tell me about your big brother. He's our, because he's our big brother together. And uh, one of the things that really affected me when my brother became a Christian is people started calling him brother. And I was like, whoa. I am his only sister. He's calling him brother. It's a little Christian thing. He's my brother. And I had this possessiveness of people trying to, I go, you can't take away this. This is pretty powerful, me, me and John McGurk have. And um, I think it's important for all of us to be able to kind of, in our sisterhood and in being knit together because of Jesus, that we're constantly pointing each other back to him. And I want you to think for just a minute, we're just going to stop, and I want you to think about quality about Jesus on why you idolize him and share it with the person next to you. Think about like one quality about Jesus and you just go, oh, that's why I love my big brother. Just for a minute, I want you to think about it and then share it with the person next to you. Because if we lose that hero worship, we're in a lot of trouble. 
And I think that is what is trying to get diluted in our society over and over again. Like everything that's happened that we've discussed when it comes to dealing with division in politics, when it comes to racism, when it comes to uh, mental health, it's funny how many of these things that we start quoting from other places, it almost always seems like, yeah, Jesus said it first. It's just kind of amazing. So many things become a part of what he said, and we're like, it's, it's on a poster, but I'm like, yeah, but in some version of that, almost all the time, yep. Jesus said it first. You know, going back to First John 4, it said in verse um, 9, it said, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. You know, the second part of First John, so the first one is a lot about understanding that connection of love comes from God, but then love just, love initiates. Like, God sent his son, it initiated, he sent Jesus, this was real love. And we... You know, I, I always think about a good friend is someone that's going to point us to him. I talk about Matt Carriers a lot in Mark chapter 2, where these four guys with the paralytic had to carry this guy in a mat. And what was the goal? To get him to Jesus. And I talk about friendship so much in that category of people that just have been willing to grab a piece of the mat when I've been on it and get me to Jesus. And I have a friend I've told you before, but I was like going through this like negative, like downward thing emotionally she's like pull up Sue and, like, and we need like pull up people that are like so awesome pull up like physically I was like my emotionalism was like Meow. and just we need pull up partners we need map carriers we need people that are going to um, build us up help us point us back to the champion point us back to the only idol that is really worth worshipping which is Jesus and how much we need to go, that's not my big brother. My big brother, he's the hero. He's the, he's the Tarzan in the jungle that's going to get us through this whole mess, this quicksand, this stuff. And once we lose our focus and our allegiance and love for him, it really weakens us collectively. Because we come together because of him. We don't become, come together, we don't come together because we want to do church. We come together because we want to get closer to him. So honor and connect with him. And so much in our sisterhood, let's make sure that we are in it together. And it, it's constantly stories of, of connecting with him. We're reading this book, uh, book club that we're having on Saturday mornings together called Sitting at the Feet of Rabbi Jesus. And it's amazing just how incredible it's been, how rich to keep that all of us just get together in our jammies sometimes on Zoom or together. I think I had my jammies on yesterday still. But when people were with me, that's okay. They're my friends. And, um, and just being able to just... Like, talk about Jesus and, like, these unique things that we're all, like, sitting at the table learning about him and the honor that that is. I was thinking about that passage this morning in 1 Corinthians 1 that says, lest the cross be emptied of its power. And to me, I was thinking, like, how does the cross get emptied of its power? And it totally gets emptied when the focus is on me or a person instead of on Jesus. When all the focus becomes an issue or a topic or the next latest thing or great speaking, quote-unquote, instead of who we're listening to, going back to Jesus. Let's not lose that focus. Let's help each other. Sometimes we've got to help each other, you know, do our own nuking the negativity in our friends' lives. Like, oh, that's not our Jesus. And not apologize for that. Like, wait, guys, that's who we follow. We follow the ultimate superhero. We get to follow Jesus. 
And again, we get to. It's so awesome. We can be in this funky place that we have to versus, are you kidding? We get to have Jesus as our guide through this crazy life we're in. We are so blessed that we get to follow Jesus. Faith comes from listening to his message, his word. Let's be knit together by the fact that we all get to worship our same big brother, which is incredible. And then lastly, um, knit together to shine for him. Or true sisterhood is sustained by vision and vulnerability. And if you look here in First uh, John chapter 4, it closes out here by saying, Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. Like, so many people are not going to see God unless they see a great sisterhood of relationship that we love each other and people see that. We love our children. We love our spouse. We love our friends. That there's a unique value that we're interconnected and knit together and I love that particular yarn that Chandra's using because it's so different. It's all, it's all different pieces and parts that come together that are knit together. But it's so important for us to be able to stay in that place of realizing that when we love each other, people see something. And that's why it's probably the greatest challenge is to de- dealing with division in 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians because if we dilute that, then people can't see God. So many people, it's funny, one of the chapters in our following Rabbi Jesus talked a lot about the dinner table and sitting at the table and how powerful it was that Jesus is constantly inviting us to dine with him, constantly saying, feast with me, come to me, hang with me, get your food from me. And we we're talking about like hospitality. Even right now in Ukraine, hospitality is a life or, a life or death situation mm-hmm. that someone's willing to be hospitable. To refugees, You know, hospitality isn't just a cute thing that you better have a good meal to prepare. It's so much deeper. It's that willingness, that vulnerability to let someone dine with you, have a cup of coffee with you, be vulnerable with, give each other vision and strengthen each other. And you see that even in the end in Revelation. She's like, I'm not going to door. Can I come dine with you? You want to eat with me? And just that spirit, even when Peter is going through all his shenanigans, and at the end, what does Jesus do? He's the host. Usually Jesus gets invited to a lot of parties, but at the end when Peter's denied him, he's the one making breakfast for the boys, trying to get Peter back into the flow. But there's something powerful about being together. When we are that way, we shine for him. And just how each uniqueness all of us hold in that. So I have this thing. I I was coaching last Friday was our last meet. And, um, or our last practice. So, so we had a, a fun meet with the whole team of swimmers. And um, one of the things that is a really big deal for younger kids is if you get a duck, those little rubber ducks. Mm-hmm. So I ordered like hundreds of different kinds of little ducks, like mohawk ducks, like army ducks. I mean, they were really cool. And so for a little kid to see a bucket full of ducks, it's just like, what? And, uh, and yet, you know, when I think about this knit together to shine for him, or true sisterhood is sustained by vision and vulnerability, it is like that renewal of, of reaching out and getting mentored and getting trained for greatness together. You know, and I think of greatness training as Matthew 5, verses 14 and 16, is being, helping each other be light and salt. I think of Matthew 20, helping people follow Jesus together. But, um, and Titus 2 women, which we're going to talk about a little bit later with the Titus 2 women, is having older women in your life 
that help train you and get you ready for these races of life because there's all different stages. So we had all different ages at this race, and it's hilarious because one of the girls who's the youngest and probably the, the least experienced swimmer, she's six, she gets up on the blocks, and we ask the older kids, like, let them pick what stroke they want to do for the IM relay. And she goes, I would like to do butterfly. And she, she really can't do butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> you go, girl. And it was just, like, the coolest thing that this little girl, like, gets up after, like, six months of being in this program with me, and she's just like, I would like to do butterfly. No one takes on butterfly. Even you're a national swimmer, you'd rather do freestyle. <laughs> and it was so fun. And then this other kid, because we started talking about how here's who's duck worthy. Anyone that shows good sportsmanship, yes, people win first place. It's, it's people that are most improved. And I think God is trying to say, you know, we're all duck worthy. But it was a lot more glorious to give this little girl the duck who probably came in last place, I don't remember, but you're just going, she's taking on butterfly in this really big pool. Yeah. You know, versus the kid that came in first, but that was great. And then one kid, he's on the blocks next to this other boy, and and just looks at him and he goes, I hope you win. And he's <laughs> just like, oh, so duck worthy, you know? And just that spirit of like, and it was you just so beautiful. And I think probably everybody, all 80 kids got a duck when the thing was over. But that's the whole spirit is that what mattered wasn't first place, though. That was great because some kids were most improved, and you're like, wow, that's cool. But it was the spirit of cheering each other on to shine. And one person shined really bright by being most improved. One shined by having courage. Mm-hmm. One shined by, hey, I'd rather have you win. Let's just go for it. One sh- and it was just like this beautiful example um, of all togetherness, when I think about knit together and sisterhood, that we value just all those pieces are duck-worthy. We're duck-worthy if we're quiet, and we reached out to a friend at work. We're duck-worthy if we just showed up today because it's been a hard week. We're duck-worthy if we've, you know, we're using our gifts to speak or to shine. And I think that's what's so extraordinary is that everybody gets to be their best version of who God created them to be. And so let's take some time as we're getting a chance to fellowship, and I know we're going to get um, time with other people later on today, but don't forget that we are knit together by God. He is our Heavenly Father. That we are literally knit together because of Jesus, our brother, who we all need to idolize more and more. And we're knit together to shine for him in our unique, only ways that we can glow. And I know, I think you guys have heard this quote before, but I think it was, was it Winston Churchill that, Churchill that said, you know, I don't mind if I'm a worm, but I choose to be a glow worm. And I think that that spirit of us going, I just want to honor God with this one precious amazing life he's given me and we're all going to do that in really special unique ways so today let's enjoy sisterhood let's enjoy being sisters to the greatest dude on the planet jesus let's enjoy this awesome day it's great to be together and you guys are extraordinary and so duck worthy (laughs) (laughs) 